Our, meter, our leaders will meet them here. And then they will head upstairs. And while they're doing that, I encourage you to turn to Exodus chapter 20 in your Bible. Exodus chapter 20 will be our text this morning, as I've mentioned earlier in the welcome time. We are working our way through the Ten Commandments this summer. Today we are on the Fourth Commandment. So you can do the simple math, right? This is the fourth week of our study through the Ten Commandments. Ten weeks, Ten Commandments. And we'll be looking in Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 8 this morning as we dig into the text. This is the command about the Sabbath, to keep the Sabbath day as holy. We're going to talk about what that means and, and pointedly how we do that as we work our way through the text this morning. Like me, you probably have spent some time this weekend doing some yard work. This is uh, the time of year when the grass grows like crazy, the weeds grow like crazy as well, and it seems like uh, I could mow my yard every other day. And I remember when I was uh, a teenager, about the same age as, as my oldest son now, I remember working in the yard. I remember dad would often on Saturdays would put us to work around the house doing things. And, and I remember one time coming to this epiphany of sorts about my dad and yard work and realizing, I think he likes this. Like, I think he enjoys working in the yard. And, and that seemed so odd and so foreign to me as a, as a teenage boy that I thought, there's got to be something wrong with my dad. I think that, I don't know if he needs to go see a doctor or if there's some medicine for this because he really enjoys this. And the, the funny thing about it is, you probably would have guessed already, that now that I'm maybe the same age as my dad would have been then, I'm the same way. I really enjoy yard work. I really enjoy mowing the yard, working around the house, outdoors, that sort of thing. And I've, I've thought about this, okay? I really, have, uh, I really have spent a little bit of time thinking about why is it that I enjoy that? And, and this is the conclusion that I've come to, is that in my life, in the nature of what I do with ministry, there's not ever really a point with ministry where you feel like you're finished, right? I mean, ministry is about people. It's about investing in people. It's about the work of the kingdom. And it's hard in ministry to ever really feel like you've reached a, a finishing point or a stopping point with something. Yes, there is a rhythm to prepare for Sundays and worship and teach, but even in the midst of that, you're thinking about the, the next time. And I think the thing about yard work that I enjoy is that when I'm done, I can look at the grass and I can say, it's cut. I did it. It's done, right? I mean, at least for a, a half a day until it grows again. You know, I can step back and I can look and I say, ah, I, I finished that or I did that. And then you can pause and you can rest for a minute perhaps as you take that in. Well, here's the, the point that I, I really hope that we'll see this morning as we dig into this command to honor the Lord by keeping the Sabbath is that resting, taking Sabbath really is about the idea of uh, not of finishing our work, not of finishing everything that we can do. It's not, about, it's not about pausing because we got everything done that needs to be done this week, so now that we can, now we can play or now we worship. Instead, it's about the intentional discipline of setting aside the, the to-do list, setting aside the things that we need to do in order that we might honor God as holy and put him first. It's about the regular rhythm, the regular discipline in our lives, not in trusting in our ability to work, but rather in resting in the work that Christ has done for us. Tim Keller, uh, 
a well-known pastor and, and author, says this about Sabbath. And I thought this was so good. He says that Sabbath is a declaration of our freedom. Because as we think on Sabbath, more than that, as we celebrate and practice Sabbath, it reminds us that our hope is not in ourselves, but in something greater. That's what I hope that we'll see this morning as we study what it means to keep the Sabbath. So let's read together in Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8, where we read this. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So we are to keep the Sabbath. We are to honor the Sabbath. Well, what is a Sabbath? The word Sabbath literally means to cease Or to stop is literally what that word, the Hebrew word, Shabbat, means to stop or to cease. And so the idea of Sabbath is that we would cease from working, that we would stop working. Not that we finish all of our work, but rather that we intentionally put the work aside, that we stop working. Or if I can say it this way, sort of a working definition for us and our understanding this morning as we think about what it means to have Sabbath is I want us to think of Sabbath as intentionally resting from work in order to reconnect with God or ceasing from work in order that we might put Christ first in our lives. So some practical questions that we think of. When we think about what it means to have Sabbath for us today, there's some understanding of what Sabbath meant in the, in the time that, that this was given, that the law was given, and how the, how the children of Israel practiced the Sabbath. And we'll spend a little bit of time talking about some of that as we work our way through the text this morning. But for us, in, in our context, questions come to the surface like, well, does it mean that if I'm to honor the Lord and keep the Sabbath holy, does that mean that I can't work on Sunday? Does that mean that my kids can't play ball on Sunday? Does that mean that, that I can't fill in the blank, right? I mean, the, 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 we, we, we chase these practical points of application. Can I not do this? What can I do? What can I not do on the Sabbath? We, we might even just ask the question, are Christians even required to keep the Sabbath? Or was the Sabbath an Old Testament custom, an Old Testament law, an Old Testament regulation that has just gone away now and and we're no longer required to keep the Sabbath. What day should we honor as the Sabbath? We understand that for the children of Israel, it was the seventh day. It even says here in the text that the Lord made everything in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. Well, that means that technically speaking, the Sabbath is Saturday, not Sunday. So are we wrong for worshiping on Sundays? Do we should we instead? These are the kind of questions that, if we think practically about this, begin to kind of bubble up to the surface. And this is the main point that I want to make. We'll, we'll, we'll make an attempt, I'll make an attempt to answer several of these as we work our way through the seven points that you see on, on your sermon notes there on your worship guide. But let me just say this as sort of an overarching principle before we get into the significance of the Sabbath. We must not only think about how we use the Sabbath, 
how do I, can I do this? How do I honor the Sabbath? How do I keep it as a holy day? Can I, can I do this? Should I not? But it's also important that we think, when we think about the Sabbath, that we focus on how perhaps we misuse the other six days of the week as well. How, how we, how this, this rhythm of life, how, how we live our lives. The Sabbath, I believe, establishes a rhythm for us of work and rest. Six days of work, six days to focus on, but then an intentional day set aside to rest. It's this rhythm of setting aside time to honor Christ as Lord. Jesus himself, I believe, teaches as much. You remember in our study through Mark, which we've just finished a few weeks ago, a sermon series where we studied through the entire gospel of Mark. Last fall, when we were in Mark chapter 2, we came to a passage where Pharisees, religious leaders, criticized Jesus because they said to Jesus, you and your disciples travel through the fields on the Sabbath day and you pluck heads of grain. And remember that Jesus' response that we saw in Mark chapter 2, verse 27? Jesus says this. He says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, referring to himself, is Lord even of the Sabbath. Here's what I think is, is very interesting and also very important about Jesus' teaching with regard to the Sabbath. Jesus had the opportunity here in Mark chapter 2 or anywhere in the Gospels, Jesus had the opportunity to say, no, the reason that, the, that my disciples pluck heads of grain, which was considered work, to pluck a head of grain, violated the rules of the Sabbath. You couldn't work. You could do no work on that day. And so that was considered working. It was violating Sabbath law. Jesus didn't say, no, the reason that my disciples pluck heads of grain is because we no longer follow the Sabbath. The Sabbath is unimportant. The Sabbath, we're doing away with the Sabbath. Instead, he said that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath and that Sabbath is for the man not man for the Sabbath. In other words, this is, what he, this, this is the heart, I believe, of what Jesus is saying. Sabbath is intended, to, is intended to instruct us, intended to guide us, intended to lead us to know God, to honor God, to worship Him, and to ultimately see that the one who gave us the Sabbath is Lord over the Sabbath. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law, He told us, but to fulfill the law. Well, what does it mean that Jesus fulfills the Sabbath? Well, that's an, that's an important question to ask. If Jesus fulfills the law, then He must fulfill even the laws of the Sabbath. Well, what does it mean to say that Jesus fulfills the law of the Sabbath? The New Testament shows us what that means in Hebrews chapter 4. If you want to turn there in your Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 4. And look what the writer of Hebrews says about this idea. I want you to see the connection between Sabbath and the gospel, between rest and the gospel, because this is, this is as I said, foundational for our, our understanding of what it means to honor, to keep the Sabbath. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. He's speaking of the rest here, that we've failed to reach rest. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith in those who listened. For we, have believed, we who have believed enter that 
rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, he somewhere spoke of the seventh day this way, saying, and God rested on the seventh from all his works. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since, therefore, it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David, so long afterward, the words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. What the writer of Hebrews is saying in all of this is that rest is reserved for those. Rest is is received by those who honor God and enter into his rest. And that there are some who do not honor God as Lord, and so they never really receive rest. And he's pointing, he's pointing ultimately to the gospel. And he's connecting the idea of rest with the gospel, saying that it didn't come through, it didn't come through inheriting a promised land, it didn't come through keeping the law, that rest ultimately came through Jesus. Keep reading. Verse 9 is where we left off. So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. In other words, this is the, this is the important connecting tissue between the gospel and the idea of Sabbath. That we can rest because God has completed his perfect work. And when we When we trust in him, we enter into his rest. Jesus did a perfect work for us on the cross. And then he rested. He's seated at the right hand of God. It's a picture of his eternal rest. That the work is done by by the blood of Christ, his blood shed on the cross, by his resurrection from the dead. He has finished his perfect work. And that now, because of that, we can enter into his rest because he did that work for us. That's the, the point. So the, the Sabbath is significant because when we think about what it means for us to keep the Sabbath, when we think about what it means for us to, to practice this, this law, if you will, that we remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, the Sabbath ultimately points us to the finished work of Christ. It points us to the gospel. So I want us to see seven significant points about the Sabbath. In your notes, there are these seven points. I intentionally chose seven points because there are seven days of the week and we rest on the seventh. And so uh, seven points here connected to the idea of Sabbath rest, the significance of the Sabbath. First of all, we see that the Sabbath is about obedience. As we understand what it means to keep the Sabbath, first and foremost, We need to know that the Sabbath ultimately is about obedience. The law instructs us here. Remember, I've said at every point along the way, this this is the Old Testament moral law. It's the foundational guiding principles from which all of the rest of the law flows. But I believe that the the Old Testament and the New Testament both show us that there is something special and sacred about these Ten Commandments, that they are still if, if we want to say it this way, in effect for us as Christians. They are still governing principles, foundational principles that we ought to live by as believers in Christ. And so that means that we ought to live by this principle of keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath is about obedience. God commanded us to keep the Sabbath. Here it is pointedly. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. 
why did God command the Sabbath? You ever think about that question? Why did God command us to take Sabbath? Why did God command us to take rest? I think that the reason why we're commanded to take Sabbath is because when we rest, it reminds us that our sufficiency is not in our work, but it's in Christ and his work for us. The Sabbath is about, remember, the finished work of Christ. So many people don't slow down. They never take time to rest because they say, I can't. I've got too much to do. I've got all this work that needs to be done. My to-do list is so long that I can't slow down. I don't have time to slow down and to rest. And to that, I would say this, that you're missing the point of Sabbath. Sabbath is not about getting everything done. Sabbath is about intentionally setting aside your work. You know, there's a word for people who never get to rest. There's a word for people who literally can't stop from their work. Slaves, people who, people who never are allowed to rest, people who, who cannot stop, who, don't, who never get a day off are, are enslaved. They're slaves, right? Slavery is about bondage. It's about work. It's about having to work. And what we're reminded of when we obey this Sabbath command is that we're no longer slaves to our sin, no longer slaves to our, our own selves, but we've been set free from all of that in Christ So the Sabbath is about obedience, not about getting everything done, but rather the one who has done everything for us and obeying him. Secondly, we see that the Sabbath is about worship. It is a day to be set aside, but it's to be set aside for a unique purpose. Set aside as a a day that is holy, it says in verse 8, right? Keep it holy. This is a day of worship, a day to honor Christ as Lord, a a day to intentionally pause from the regular routine of life so that we might reconnect with God, that we might engage in worship, even in corporate worship, together. The Sabbath is about worship. It's about giving God priority, giving him first place, which really is the third point. The Sabbath is about priority. And what I mean when I say that the Sabbath is about priority is literally it's, a, it's in line with the first commandment. That God is to be first, that we are to put him first, that we honor God and we put him first by keeping his commands. And one of his commands for us is that we would would intentionally cease from work in order that we might follow him. Now, practically speaking, okay? Practically speaking, this means it's a reminder that work is not everything. Your work is not your life. One of the dangers that we so easily fall into is that we make work life. We define ourselves by our work. We define ourselves by the things that we do. And the danger for us is that we trust so much in ourselves, in our work, in our abilities that we miss the point. We are not defined by our work. Rather, we ought to be defined by the work of Christ, what he has done for us. Our identity is in Jesus, not in ourselves, not in our own abilities. And and so the Sabbath is about priority. It's about keeping that right priority in our lives. And it's not easy. In fact, it, it can be really hard to do this. And yet that's why it's given to us as a command, so that we would honor it, that we would obey it. 
I don't mean to say that it's going to be easy for us to practice Sabbath the way that we're called to practice Sabbath. I don't think it's easy at all, in fact. But yet, the discipline of it is actually all the more the reason why we need it in our lives. Anyone who thinks, I don't need Sabbath, I don't need to rest, I've got too much to do, is, first of all, they're fooling themselves, but they're also enslaved to their, to their own works. The Sabbath is about obedience, it's about worship, it's about priority. Fourth, the Sabbath is about rhythm. It's about rhythm. We're to think of the Sabbath as an act of trust, right? God himself worked for six days and then he rested on the seventh day is what it tells us in this passage. But think about that. Do you think that God rested on the seventh day because he was tired? Is that why God rested on the seventh day? Oh, I'm just worn out from all this creating. I need to take a nap. Is that why? No, right? God didn't rest on the seventh day because he was tired, as if God gets tired. No, God rested, meaning that he paused from all of his work, and then he commanded us to follow that same rhythm. The whole point of six days of work and a day of rest was to show us that as people who are made in the image of God, as image bearers, in the likeness of God, that we need this rhythm in our lives of work and worship. Rest to reconnect. It's it's an important rhythm in our lives. Without it, not only do we burn out, but quite literally without it, we we never understand this fundamental truth that God did for us what we could never do for ourselves. We're too busy trying to chase after what we can do for ourselves. Sabbath is about rhythm, work, and worship. It's six days of work and a day set aside to worship. So practically speaking, practically speaking then, does that mean that we are to, does that mean that we're to set aside a whole day? Does that mean that it's not honoring the Lord and not honoring the Sabbath if we, if we, some, if we work somehow? Do, do we need to follow these rules? Uh, even today, Orthodox Jews have these 39 categories of, of the law and these rules that they have to follow and, and all of these different interpretations. And, and so, you know, you, you can't turn on a light switch on the Sabbath day. You can't use anything that's electrical. You don't charge your phone on, the Saturday, on, on, on a Saturday because that's the Sabbath day, right? The seventh day for for a Jew, and, and you have to be careful that you don't pick up certain things. There are certain categories of things that are used in the normal course of work, like a pen, for example, and you can't pick up a pen on the Sabbath day. And, and if, if you really get into studying and looking at some of the, the customs, it becomes very uh, legalistic, and, and more than that, I suppose it becomes quite a burden to keep all of these Sabbath rules. Are we supposed to do the same thing? I mean, is that what the Scripture is teaching us, that we need to we need to become very legalistic and, and, and really guard to protect that day. There are some who believe that, and I don't think that's the point. In fact, I, I would point to what Jesus taught in Mark chapter 2. He teaches the same thing in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. That The Sabbath ultimately isn't about following these strict legalistic rules, but rather it's about keeping the rhythm of work and worship in our lives. And even in our worship, it's the Sabbath points us to Christ. I'm going to give you in a, in a few minutes my own tips, my own 
uh, tools, if you will, not rules, but tools for some suggestions on how you keep the Sabbath. But here's the point that I want you to hear. It's the rhythm that is so necessary, that we, we need to work hard when, when it's time to work, but we also need to intentionally rest. We need to disconnect. We need to build this rhythm in our lives of work and worship that we might set aside time to honor Christ as Lord. Sabbath is about that rhythm. It's, it's a, a liturgy of sorts. It's a prescribed formula for how we worship, how we follow God's plan for our lives. Fifth, we see the Sabbath is about charity. It's about charity. And, and I don't just mean giving to a 5013C. I don't just mean it's giving to a, a, you know, a, a nonprofit or that sort of thing. I, I mean, literally, it's about, it's about, about being charitable, about giving, about, about sharing things with others. Look at what he says here in verse 10. Not only were the children of Israel not to work, but he says, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or even the sojourner who's within your gates. That's the, that's the, the outsider, the foreigner who's with you in your gates. The point is this is that the Sabbath is, is a day set aside that even servants got to take a break. Even, even outsiders were to rest. This is, a, this is a day that's all about pausing from work that we can honor the Lord and, and being charitable with one another. There were, it wasn't just the, the rhythm to their week, but even in the Old Testament, there were Sabbath years. And so every seventh year was a Sabbath year. They didn't sow in the land. And then there were years of Jubilee on the 50th year where they gave back land that had been borrowed and from, from someone else. And there were, even in the rhythms of their life, the, the laws, that they, all of this was the idea of charitableness of being giving, of sharing with one another. The Sabbath is all about charity, about sharing life with each other, which is why I think it's important that we worship corporately. Not just that you set aside a day to worship, but that you worship corporately because it's in sharing life together. It's in worshiping together that we get to share with one another. We carry one another's burdens. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We, we give to one another. We Even literally in giving our tithes and our offerings on Sunday when we give, what are we doing? We're, we're being charitable. We're being giving. We're, we're obeying God's commands and connecting those commands with worship. It's all about worship. We're giving to God because he gave everything to us. The Sabbath is about charity. Sixth, the Sabbath is about patience. It's about patience. It's about us learning to wait on God. In other words, it's, it reminds us that his timing may not be our timing. God's plans and his purpose are true and they're just and they're good. And when we have to pause and wait on his timing, it can be really frustrating for us. It, it, it's not easy to wait on God to do what we want him to do, even what we believe that he wants to do. And yet, Sabbath reminds us that God is in control. That he is good. He can be trusted. And we need to be patient as we wait on him. The Sabbath is about patience, waiting for God's good timing. Finally, the seventh point, and, and, and I, 
suppose even in some way the culmination of all of this, the most ultimate of these, is that the Sabbath is about the gospel. The Sabbath is about the gospel. It's about the finished work of Christ. Jesus accomplished his perfect work on the cross, and now he rests the right hand of the Father. As believers, Hebrews tells us that we enter into his rest by faith in him. As we trust in him, we enter into the rest. It's a picture of all that we receive by faith in Christ, that as we trust in him, we receive the benefits of his finished work. Not what we have done, but what he did for us. We enter into that rest. And so the Sabbath day is a day that's set apart, a day to be holy, a day that's, that is to, to, to be special as we honor God, as we rest from our work, as we keep the Sabbath as a holy day and worship him. It reminds us that Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves, that Jesus finished the perfect work. And as we pause from our work, we remember that there's no greater work than the work of Christ on the cross. So the Sabbath is about the gospel. And so let me, let me give you some, what I think are some practical tips because if we were to really look at, okay, what does this look like? If I'm, if I'm to honor the Lord as holy and keep the Sabbath, practically speaking, how do I apply that to my life? Does it mean that I need to set aside the whole day? Do I, how much do I give? And I'll just tell you up front, in giving you these, I have 10 tools, if you will. These aren't to be rules. I don't mean to lay these as restrictive covenants that we have to keep, but rather suggestions, tools that we can use to honor the Lord and keep the Sabbath. But even, I want to say this up front, if you're looking for me to say that you absolutely must not work on Sundays or that you totally can work and that's not what it means, you're going to be frustrated either way because the answer is that it really depends. It really depends on what God's leading you to and, and how he's working through the Holy Spirit and your conscience and conviction. Again, remember, the Sabbath isn't about can I do fill in the blank, right, on Sunday. Rather, it's about remembering that we need to use Sunday, and I'm using Sunday as the day of uh, Sabbath here as I speak of this because it's the day that we gather for corporate worship. It's about using this day that we set aside for worship and rest. It's about using it well, but it's also about, in some ways, the way that we misuse the other six days of the week. And so it's important that we, that we connect all of these points together, some practical ideas that I want to give you for the Sabbath. As I've thought about this, meditated on this this week, first I would say this, on the Sabbath, mix it up. Be intentional about doing things differently. This needs to be a day that you are not in your regular routine. You need to shake it up, so to speak. You need to get out of your regular routine. There need to be things about Sundays that are different from and unique from all the other days of the week. Certainly, I think one of the best is gathering together for corporate worship. We don't do this every other day of the week, right? We do this on Sunday. And of course, we do it on Sunday because it's resurrection day. It's the day we celebrate the risen Christ. It's the day that we gather together to celebrate his finished work on the cross as we, as we celebrate, as we sing songs, as we study the word, as we live life together in group. This is a day that we set aside for worship. And so it's about intentionally mixing it up. I, I think this is a great start, but it's not just about meeting here on Sundays. It's about 
doing things, intentionally doing things different on this day. So let me offer some other practical ideas, some practical suggestions. For uh, Another one, I would say point two of, of these ten rules, if you will, is turn off your phone. Turn off your phone on, on this day. Uh, one of the ways that we become so easily enslaved as we become enslaved to our devices, right? We're checking them every few minutes. We want to know what the rest of the world is doing and what the rest of the world thinks about a picture that we took or a, a thought that we shared. Or the, and and it, we become slaves to the opinion of everybody else. And one of the practical ways that we can disconnect from that is turn it off. Who's the slave and who's the master, right? Don't be a slave to your device. Turn it off. A third point, stay off social media. Stay off social media. If, if you find that this is a challenge for you, if you find that you are spending copious amounts of time on social media, then set aside a day where you, where you don't get on and be diligent about it. Now, am I saying that you must? Am I saying that it's wrong and unholy to get on Twitter on the Sabbath day? No. But let me, let me offer this caveat of sorts. It is wrong if you're so consumed with what is happening with everyone else outside of you and the world around you. Or you're so consumed about everything else that you never pause to look inward and reflect and genuinely, genuinely offer heartfelt worship to the Lord because you're just busy, right? So you might not go to work. You might not punch the clock on Sabbath. But if you don't disconnect and really slow down, then you're not pausing from work. You're not resting so that you can reconnect. So suggestion, try it. Maybe stay off social media. Fourth, you're going to love this one. Take a nap. Take a nap. Your preacher just said it. You can take a nap on Sunday, right? Rest, take a nap. It's maybe, you know, maybe if you take a nap every other day, maybe you shouldn't take a nap on Sunday. I don't know. Mix it up, right? It's the first principle. It, but what I, here's what I really mean. Sometimes the holiest thing that we can do is genuinely, truly slow down and rest. Sometimes maybe the reason why we never hear from God is we are so busy that in all of our frenetic activity, we never pause long enough to truly listen to his voice, the still, small voice of God. Maybe what you need to do on your Sabbath is you need to take a nap, rest. Now, I don't mean skip church, and I don't mean nap through the sermon, okay? <laughs> but you need to slow down. You need to set aside time to rest. Fifth, learn to say no. Learn to say no. Again, one of the, the, the holiest words that you might add to your vocabulary for the sake of your soul is to learn to say no. Learn to be unavailable. Learn that you don't always have to be everything else for everyone else. In fact, until you really realize that you can't be everything for everyone all the time, then you'll never really pause and worship. And you'll never really celebrate the goodness of Christ because you're too busy worried about the work that you have to do. Learn to say no. Now, that doesn't mean 
call up Colby or Brad on Sunday morning and say, hey, we're not going to make Sunday school today. Uh, and, and I, you know, you teach in the children or the youth, right? Hey, we're not going to be there because we're just learning to say no, right? It's not what it means. You're missing the point if you do that. But learn to carve out time. Learn to dedicate space in your schedule for the Lord. Learn that maybe for you, maybe you don't travel to every tournament on Sundays. Maybe you do tell coach, hey, we, we can't be there. Maybe if you're coach, maybe you don't enter in those tournaments that you know are going to keep you out of worship. Maybe for you it's that you do need to make some tough choices about work. Maybe you've taken on extra work. And, and I, don't mean, I don't mean that anybody should say to their boss, hey, my preacher told me I can't work on Sunday. But maybe for you, honestly, through the, through the conviction of your conscience, the work of the Holy Spirit, maybe you do need to look for a different job that won't keep you out of church on Sunday. Or maybe you do need to rethink the rhythms of your life so that you can make worship a priority. Maybe you do need to learn to say no as an act of worship. Sixth, charge your batteries. And I don't mean plug your phone up and leave it plugging, you know, leave it charging up all day. Although maybe that's not a bad idea if it'll keep you off of it, right? But do things that charge your batteries. Do things that fill your cup on Sabbath. Do things that bring you joy and pleasure. Do things that are going to make you pause at the end of your Sabbath day and say, today was a good day. Charge your batteries. Refuel. Seventh, invest in relationships. Use this as a day to invest in relationships. So much of the time, we are so busy and pulled in so many different directions And we miss those precious moments with people who matter the most to us. Use Sabbath as a chance to invest in your relationships. Again, stay off social media. Put your phone away. Tell people no. Carve out space. All of these things, they kind of fit together, don't they? You may not be available to everybody else so that you can be available to the people that matter most. Invest in your relationships. Eighth, I would say relax. Find a hobby. Find something you enjoy doing and do it. If you're a professional fisherman, then you probably don't want to go fishing on the Sabbath, right? Because you need to mix it up. But for some of you, maybe, maybe a part of your Sabbath is you get out on Sunday afternoon. Notice it's not Sunday morning and not Sunday night because you need to be back for church, right? <laughs> go fishing. Go for a run. Uh, Find a hobby. Find something you enjoy and use this as a day to to do it. Use it as time to, if you can think of it this way, invest in yourself in as much as you do things that bring you joy. You do things that you delight in. Not because it's work to you, but simply because you enjoy it. Relax. Unwind. Ninth, I would say practical tip here is serve. Service is worship. Service is giving yourself away. Service is using your gifts. I believe with all my heart there is something in us that is not complete spiritually in our maturity until we are serving and using the gifts that God has given us. Make service a part of your Sabbath. Find a place to connect and serve and use your gifts. 
Serve the Lord. Serve others. Serve at church. And tenth, above all, worship. Make this a day of worship. Make this a day where you celebrate what Jesus did for you. Remember, the Sabbath is about the gospel. We rest in the finished work of Christ. Not that we finished everything we need to do. We'll never finish everything that we need to do. I have yet to find anyone who ever feels like they got everything done that needs to be done, right? There's always more work to do, and that's the point. Sabbath is about pausing from all of that to be reminded that my hope is not in my work. My hope is in my Savior, whose perfect work made a way for me. Sabbath is about rest. It's about resting in the finished work of Christ. And so, above all, worship on the Sabbath. Celebrate the goodness of God. Celebrate your freedom in Christ. Don't be a slave. Don't be somebody who never takes time off. Somebody who can't take time off because you're so important and your work is so important. No. Rest. Worship. Celebrate what Jesus has done for you. Enter into some Sabbath. So I hope that as you think on this, that God is stirring and he's working in your heart. Maybe you're here today and fundamentally for you, first and foremost, you need to listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that says, you know, there's never really been that time in your life where you've trusted in the finished work of Christ. And maybe the reason why you struggle to slow down, maybe the reason why you, you find it impossible to take a Sabbath rest is because, first and foremost, you've never really trusted in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. And what God is saying to you today through the conviction of his Holy Spirit is, the first step for you is surrender. The first step for you in your Sabbath journey is surrender. Surrender to Christ. Trust your life to him. Rest in the perfect work of Christ on the cross. Enter into that rest as it's described in Hebrews chapter 4. What Jesus has done for you that you could never do for yourself. In a moment as we have a time of response, if God is speaking to you and you need to trust Christ today, you need to trust him by faith and enter into his rest by surrendering your life to him, I pray that you would come. Our staff will be here at the front ready to pray a, a prayer of faith with you whereby you just surrender your life to him. Maybe for you, you've trusted in Christ, but the, the, the struggle for you is in the rhythm of it all. Because if you were to be honest, you're really still wrestling with your, your sense of identity that comes through your work and not in the finished work of Jesus. And what you need to be reminded of today is that Jesus did it all for you. He paid it all. He's given everything for you. Rest in that promise. Rest in that hope. Find your identity, not in the things that you do or the things that you have to do, but rather in what Jesus has done for you. Celebrate that and worship him freely. And so however God is speaking, however he's prompting you, I want to challenge you that you would respond in obedience to him today. Remember, Sabbath is about obedience. And so as we Pray together in a moment. We'll stand after that to sing corporately the song of response. Our altars will be open if you want to come and use this as a moment just to dedicate yourself and dedicate this day and dedicate your heart to the Lord. Or maybe you want to come and surrender your life to Christ. Whatever he's leading you to do, however God is prompting you today, I, I encourage you that you would respond in obedience to him. You pray with me now. God, as we trust in you and your finished work on the cross, as we trust in your, your goodness 
we express that trust toward you in honoring and keeping your commands, in obeying your regulations for us, your law, that we would, that we would keep the Sabbath as holy, that we would honor you, rest and reconnect. Lord, remind us that our hope is not in work. Our hope is in your perfect work. so that we may honor the Sabbath by intentionally taking a break, mixing it up, pausing, unwinding, so that we can rest and reconnect with you. Jesus, be all in our hearts. Be first place as we honor you as holy today. In your name we pray, amen. As we stand together now to sing this song of invitation, our altars are open, our staff are here at the front. We encourage you to respond now in obedience as God directs your heart this morning. Well, there's a place where